0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: On the way, hit it hard. Rebound batted around. It's taken by Luka, He hits! He hits! With a second to go as he hits the deck!
2: Tie 115! it worked!
0: 10 assists, 21 rebounds, 47 minutes played, and now 60 points for the first time in Mavericks history. Hi, this is Luka Doncic,
1: and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast.
3: How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined today by my DallasBasketball.com co host uh all of you know him uh on Mavs Twitter now. Uh he does a he does a ton of great work for us. He's had a a bunch of exclusive uh articles with, you know, guys like Christian Wood and Jaden Hardy and uh he just recently did one with uh the G League Ignite coach uh talking about Hardy's potential and uh he recently did something with uh, McKinley Wright as well. And he's got some other stuff in the works, too. But uh, you can find him at at Grant Afseth on Twitter. Uh, Grant, what's up, man? How you doing after that uh, extremely late? It was a 9 p.m. start time for us. uh, And it ended up going into double overtime, which is always great for a late start game. Uh, But... but, (laughs) But the Mavs end up winning one nineteen, one fifteen over the Los Angeles Lakers. How are you feeling this morning?
1: Well it's definitely uh it's definitely always better when it ends with a with a win on for the team that you uh, that you write about after all of that. So at least you can't be uh you can't be too bad. It's a little rough when yeah. it ends on something awful, uh, after double overtime. <laughs> yeah. I I follow a couple of Lakers
3: people and uh you know, I I saw some Lakers people that had to write for that game, too. And <laughs> after the game, it was just like, well, here it is. <laughs> yeah, It's like, please, just, if anything, just click on it. You don't even have to read it. Just click on it and stay on the page for a little bit and leave just for us having to stay up for it. But, and then yeah. you're
1: basically I- obligated to find three camera angles of Troy Brown uh, <laughs> on this three-point attempt. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Oh man that was a crazy game. And I we we talked about it briefly before we hopped on here but I mean for the most part last night that game was just atrocious on the eyes. Like it was it was a really really tough watch. It, it, there wasn't really much of a flow. Uh you know the the officiating crew uh it started out just being, you know, more uh against the Mavs as far as like the calls and no calls and then throughout the game and in the overtime periods you know the Lakers they they probably you know benefited or they didn't benefit from you know the same stuff so it I guess it kind of evened out but I still think it still you know favored the Lakers a little bit more uh the TNT crew which I believe was uh Harlan and uh I forget who else was on the call. Oh, uh, uh, Stan Van Gundy. Uh, Well, was it Stan Van Gundy? Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, well, yeah. Anyway, they they were talking about how physical the play was in that game last night and basically saying it was a blast to the past, you know, to the 80s, because they were basically just letting the the Lakers play football out there in the first half. (laughs) (laughs) after after the Mavs went up 19 in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, you'd have silly stuff, like, you know, guys being called for charges even though their heel was in the restricted area and, you know, stuff of that nature. But, you know, uh, the Mavs got past that. Uh, Down three at the end of regulation, Luca hits a step back three. Shout out to the pod name. Hits big step back three at the end of regulation, sends it to overtime. Uh, in overtime, they find themselves in the same situation, down three, less than a minute left. Luca hits another step back three from the ex- the same exact spot uh, to send it to a double overtime. And then finally, uh, the Mavs were able to get some separation and win in double overtime to get to twenty four and nineteen on the season. Uh, the Sacramento Kings had temporarily passed them up for fourth in the West the night before, but with the win, the Mavs are back in fourth place in the West right now. Uh, Luka finished with 35 points, uh, 14 rebounds, and 13 assists in a season-high 53 minutes. So they've got that back-to-back against Portland coming up over the weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday. They're, they're playing both games in Portland. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play this. Like, I don't know if Luca is going to rest that first game, or if he's going to power through and play that first game and then rest the second one. But I think it's safe to say he's not playing both. What would you say to that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would think the chances are probably pretty unlikely. I would imagine because yeah, if you're if you're sitting out against like, uh, you know, Oklahoma City after I think they had like during the week building up. Like two days off, yeah, and then he still sat um, on the second night of back to back. Later on, I felt like, uh, yeah, I felt like it would be kind of challenging to, uh, but then again, I don't know. Um, I guess I mean, he is. Two days he off is after his Portland uh, stretch. Yeah, but I
3: mean, uh, he, yeah, he is Lucas. So, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but I mean that. I feel like that ankle has been bothering bothering him a little bit lately, and you know, I. I don't know. Fifty three minutes. That that's a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I would I would not be uh, surprised in the slightest for sure.
3: But uh, just bouncing back to that that Lakers game because I mean Luca he was incredible. He had his way. Uh, the body language wasn't great uh, throughout the I'd say the the second and third quarters because you know like I said there were a lot of calls just going against the Mavs and. He was letting that affect his body language, which in turn was affecting his play at the time. And in my opinion, I feel like it rubs off on the team too when that happened. But uh, he did turn it around. He had the heroics. He had the big stat line. uh, And he got the win over his idol, LeBron James, who finished with a decent stat line himself, you know, 24 points, 16 rebounds, nine assists, two steals. But he was nine of 28 shooting from the field of oh, seven from three I never in my life like, other than the 2011 NBA finals that I think LeBron would shoot that bad uh against the Mavs it seems like ever since those finals he just he kind of has the Mavs number but hey you look up now and Luca and the Mavs have uh three consecutive wins over LeBron James so um Another thing I want to talk about are a couple things. Uh, we don't have to go into depth on this one but Spencer Dinwiddie he was the only other Maverick to, you know, eclipse 50 minutes. He played 51 uh, had 17 points, shot 7 13 from the field, four rebounds, four assists. But he had a couple of moments in that game in the I think I believe it was in the first overtime period where he just detonated. On the Lakers, it it was like a flashback to when he baptized Rudy Gobert in the first round of the playoffs uh, against the Utah Jazz last year. And you know, I I saw uh, I think it was uh, my guy Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball last night. He he said he mentioned how Dinwiddie had been really struggling with his two point shots lately, and you know, stuff like that helps. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you can go and dunk on somebody that uh that certainly helps with your your two-point percentage so it was good to see Dinwiddie kind of break out there uh, in the overtime periods and kind of help the Mavs you know bring this thing across the finish line but uh the one we can go into a little bit of depth on and I, I do want to get your thoughts on is uh Christian Wood because you know we've talked about in in previous episodes and in our writing and everything he is contract extension eligible we know the Mavs are interested in a two-year extension I'm not really sure what would and his side want they probably if I had to guess if anything they probably want the full four-year 77 million but you know with the way he's playing he might not even be interested in taking that like he he might be willing to ride it out and get to free agency and and see what see what you get. so uh, the problem is there's only a handful of teams that are going to have money, and one of those teams have already had Christian Wood before so I mean you really you really don't know what to expect if you if you run it out and get to free agency, but uh, wood he's playing amazing basketball right now overall since being inserted as a starter. Who knew? We've been banging that drum since day one and it finally happened. Uh, But against the Lakers, he had 24 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, five blocks, and a steal. He's the only Maverick in in franchise history to ever have that stat line. Uh, Shot 10 of 17 from the field, had some huge, like, he ended up with five blocks. I feel like three of those blocks came in the second overtime. I'm probably wrong about that. It's probably just like one or two, but uh, it just feels like he was everywhere. He had a huge block on LeBron James under the rim in that second overtime that, in my opinion, essentially, you know, iced the game from that point. It, it was just very timely blocks from him, uh, very efficient from the field. The, the chemistry with Luka continues to be apparent. It's, it's something that from day one, from that first game, against the Phoenix Suns where they blew that big lead, even in that game, the first time they ever played together, it was just apparent that, like, these guys click. So uh, I'm happy for C. Wood. I think he's got a big payday coming, whether it's, you know, through an extension or if he runs it out to free agency. But overall, what's your thoughts on how Wood has performed and what are you kind of expecting in the next, you know, three to four weeks here as we get close to
1: the February trade deadline? Yeah, I think uh something that's become pretty clear is that like if you if you're one of those defenses that's going to play more of like a traditional like drop coverage, um I think like they've already got it down to where uh Luka and Christian Wood are going to kind of shred you apart. Um I think where they uh like against a team like Oklahoma City, I know Luka didn't play, but I think uh, where there's kind of, like, room for improvement is against those kind of, like, smaller teams uh, that really kind of swarm around in the half court and make it a point to kind of deny him uh, the, the entry pass. Um, there's been some issues, uh, like, kind of, like, I feel like when uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and him are the main options on the floor, kind of in those, like, plug-and-play bench lineups, um, teams really try to, you know, like, uh, take away that option. And I feel like there's kind of too many times uh, where it's like, all right, well, we took two seconds. We didn't get the ball to you. All right, uh, clear out in Spencer Witty iso time. You know, like I just feel like, um, you know, and then defensively, um, there's still work to be done with like, uh, like executing like scramble plays, like uh, what made the defense so effective last year uh, with Dwight Powell midway through the year after going from uh, – uh, Chrisaps Porzingis uh, mostly as the uh, anchor. Um, they just like were able to be tied together as a defense and just fly around. Um, and I think those types of uh, of sequences still uh, like especially against the small ball like spread lineups. Uh, you know, like we saw against uh, the Clippers when they doubled uh, Kawhi uh, so often, and then the back end kind of got uh, beaten off the catch and you know things of that nature. Um, those types of uh, settings, I think, need to be improved. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that just comes with continuity. Um, you know, like, like okay, now I know what to expect, uh, you know, from this guy and this guy when we make this rotation. And that takes time. Uh, you know, it can be frustrating. I feel like, uh, you know, when you're kind of watching and uh, you're seeing the development, uh, uh, and there's still things to be cleaned up. But I think uh, just kind of as the season goes on, that's something that I definitely... Uh, you know, kind of will be paying attention to. Because, De- you know, depending on your playoff matchup, those could be very valuable uh, sequences to kind of have down pat, if you will.
3: Well, it's been so impressive to me. Like, the, the obviously he's improved and the continuity is a big thing, like you said. But what's been so impressive to me about this uptick in his defensive performance is the fact that it has coincided with Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green and Maxi Kleba all being out. For you know, a little over a month now, uh, you know that that's what's crazy to me. It's like overall, the team should not be uh, sh- should be, in my opinion, with who's on the on the roster right now. If you're if you're looking top to bottom, and you know how guys have played defensively uh, historically, it's like how are the Mavs not giving up 130 points a game? Uh, but. <laughs> he's been so good individually uh, and he's he's picked up the slack a little bit where you know they've kind of they kind of hung in there now the the defense hasn't been you know just great but it's been passable and that's really all you can ask uh, you know given what he was thrown into so I personally think you know I I got some flack on this other day because I, I put it out there on on Twitter and you know People get in their feelings (laughs) a lot on Twitter and they, you know, strong reactions to pretty much everything I put. But I was just like, you know, if the Mavs are sitting at fourth right now and they don't have their two best perimeter defenders, you know, when when Josh Green and Dorian Finney-Smith come back, I mean, they could potentially make a run at the the top seed in the West given how the West is having a down year. I mean, thing, you look at the Western Conference standings right now. It's weird this year, Grant. I mean, I, I don't know. Teams are dealing with a lot of different things. Uh, you know, the, the best two teams in the West are the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. They're tied with a record of 28 and 13. Uh, you know, the Mavs are five games back of that. So, I mean, halfway through the season, five games back, Okay, well, maybe, they, they're, maybe they're not going to catch those teams unless, you know, there's some significant injuries. But, you know, they're a game and a half behind the Pelicans, who are the third seed. Uh, and, you know, Zion's hurt. Ingram's been hurt, uh, which seems to always be the case from year to year. Uh, so, I mean, they could definitely get the third, in my opinion. Um you know, I think they're they play the Pelicans a couple more times too. So, I mean, that's definitely in the realm of possibility, you know, to get to third in the West and then maybe they climb higher depending on how the other teams do. But, uh,
0: we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
3: Injury update. So we've talked about, you know, I-, I talked about how when they get those two players back that things could change tra- change drastically. Uh, you wrote something recently, uh, you know, Josh Green and Jason Kidd basically updating his situation. How close are we to, to getting Green or potentially Finney Smith back?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it sounds like Josh Green is closer than uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, kind of on the uh, return front. Um, I think I think the main thing is like Jason Kidd seems to like to get like full practices in uh, with guys, um, and that's that's naturally going to be harder on the road and all that. Um, I think uh, Green sounds pretty close, like this is still not an exact timetable, like or a date or whatever, if you will. But um, yeah, it definitely sounds like uh, like I feel like after this road trip, if he doesn't return, you know, in in the meantime, they have that uh, two days off that we mentioned earlier when we're talking about Luca um, that I feel like, uh, you know, it's very likely that they would practice the day before that Atlanta Hawks game uh, on on that Wednesday, um, uh, you know, with the Tuesday practice, I think. Um, so I think that could be a good, uh, kind of like date to, to watch if, uh, you know, this back to back upcoming is, uh, is kind of challenging to, to work him in, uh, for what they like to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they definitely need it because you can tell they're still doing, you know, fairly well, you know, fighting in the, even, even the two games they lost before, uh, beating the Lakers, you know, they've they've shown a lot of fight at times but you know there's sometimes where it just seems like they're running on fumes at this point you know they've gotten by without the <laughs> without these other guys you know taking the the toughest defensive assignments you know that's the thing finney smith and green they they take so much pressure off of everybody else cuz you know other guys aren't having to like they the mavs started the game out last night with tim hardaway junior guarding lebron
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, and then uh, he was guarding Kawhi Leonard and, uh, you know, they yeah. sent all those doubles. Uh, and then, like, if you have Dorian out there, then maybe you, you you don't worry about that as much. And then if you have Josh Green out there, you can execute – you can definitely trust him to scramble around a lot more than, uh, you know, Tim Hardaway or, or Spencer Dinwiddie and stuff like that for sure. Yeah. And I do want to
3: give – I mean, this is probably something else that I'll catch flat for because there's so many people that just, like, don't like Jason Kidd, but, uh, I mean, I, I do give him a little bit of credit for how they played against LeBron. You, you know, because in the Christmas Day game, LeBron just torched the Mavs. Uh, and in that game last night, you know, when LeBron tried to ISO, I thought they did a pretty decent job of kind of walling him off uh, and, and making it extremely difficult. So, I don't know. It, it seems like they made it. LeBron has amazing vision, but it seems like they did a good job stacking up against him and making it as difficult as possible. Uh, you know, if he makes some of those shots, he makes them. But uh, I think they did about as good of a job as a team defensively against LeBron as, as what you could have asked for.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree, and I think uh, you know, I think it was a, a contrast to you know the kind of how they did it against Kawhi. I think uh, you know they probably cleaned that up, thinking you know you know just kind of comparing the the two. Like uh, you probably don't want to leave uh, Tim Hardaway on the island against either of those guys. But right. The way you kind of send that help uh, definitely uh, makes a big difference for sure.
3: And sending so many, uh, they sent so many hard doubles at Kauai. And Kawhi knew it was coming every single time. And then they they'd end up with a super easy shot. <laughs> so it was good to see them kind of kind of get away from that in this Lakers game. But yeah, so I mean it it was it was a game that should not have even sniffed an overtime period because I, I feel like even with the injuries, the Mavs are just such a more talented overall team than the Lakers. Uh, but you know, they, they had a 19 point first quarter lead that started to dwindle. Uh, and then next thing, you know, it's going into overtime and then the second overtime because, uh, you know, like the old saying that Dirk saves all butts. Well, that applies to Luca now. Luca saves all butts. He hits some, some really, really big threes there, uh, back to back in the fourth quarter and in overtime, really clutch stuff from him. I don't see how anybody I know there's hype around other guys in the league. The, the league is in such a great place talent wise. Um, and you have some really good contenders for MVP, but I don't see how you look at what Luca has done with this shorthanded roster, you know, over the last month uh and say that he's not the MVP. I just I just look at it. And obviously I'm a little biased towards it, but I mean just what he's been able to do and the Mavs are after everything they they did to kind of make you think that they're gonna have a bad year at the beginning of the season, uh, to turn it around and to be sitting at, at fourth in the West over halfway through it now, uh, to me, I think that's good enough for him to to win M V P. So I guess we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh Grant, one more thing. I want to touch on, and we're going to get out of here, uh, the trade deadline. We're less than a month away, a little over three weeks until we get there. The Mavs, they have been – the the rumors have kind of picked up. You know, in previous years, you might hear one or two things involving the Mavs, and that's kind of it. Uh, This year, it seems like it's kind of picked up a little bit. There's a little bit more noise than than what there usually is, and – I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, we have a handful of them. We've got uh, multiple rumors with Tim Hardaway Jr. connecting him to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers who apparently like him. Uh, There's been talks about a Tim Hardaway Jr. Karis Levert swap there. Uh, We know the maps have been linked to the Detroit Pistons because they're interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. There's been like two or three reports there, so I kind of – that's kind of one of those situations where, you know, where there's smoke, there's probably fire because when you're hearing it from three different places, uh, you know, you kind of tend to believe it's true. Um, But Detroit apparently wants a first round pick back and Bogdanovich is 33 years old. I don't think that's going to happen, you know, unless uh, the three team trade that I propose, you know, where Bogdanovich goes to the Mavs, Hardaway Jr. to the, Cavs and Karis Levert goes to the Pistons. Unless something like that happens, uh, I don't see it happening for the Mavs there. But uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. was also linked recently to the Miami Heat. And, you know, that's kind of his hometown team. And, uh, you know, he – we – it's kind of there, – there's a couple scenarios that you could throw out with the Heat. It's not as – I guess you'd say sexy as some of the other options, but it's been there regardless. And then you have other stuff like uh, uh, the Mavs being linked to John Collins and Zach Levine and some of the other stuff that's probably more uh, unattainable than just the smaller stuff with Hardaway. But overall, I mean, what what do you think the Mavs are going to try to do? Like what's the priority here before the deadline? Is it – you know, are they acting as full-blown buyers? Are they Are they gonna, you know, just kind of survey things and try to get off of some bad contracts and add some draft draft compensation if possible? I mean, where do you see them going uh, in the
1: next three weeks? Yeah, I think um, kind of. I think they would be buyers. Um, just kind of, you know, based off the circumstances of uh, losing Jalen Brunson not replacing him in the off season, and then uh, already kind of having a need, uh, you know, to upgrade on the wing. Um, and then I think that need's gotten worse, uh, or intensified, I should say, uh, with the, kind of the way Reggie Bullock has played uh, during the year. Like, I think having that type of guy who's reliant on uh, three-point shooting, um, to that extent, like eighty four point four percent of his field goal attempts come as threes. Um, and he's playing over like twenty nine minutes per game. Like, I, I just don't think that like you can probably uh thrive as much as you want, like it, reach your goals, kind of like with that type of uh of limitation. Um, and then I think defensively at thirty one, I don't, I, I don't really think that you're seeing him going out there taking on like a Shea Gildas Alexander matchup or, you know, LeBron matchup and like completely putting the claims down, you know, like uh, as much as you probably like. Um, So I think, uh, I think there would probably be buying within reason. Uh, You know, like I would say maybe this, maybe like, I would say I would expect like window shopping. And then if the price is right, I would, I would see some like, probably like some reasonable trade or something of that nature. I would imagine.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just you kind of look at the the landscape, and you know, especially like with Tim Hardaway Jr., it's it's, it's really a, a weird situation. And you know, just a just a hypothetical here, but like with the Miami Heat, like you only have a couple options, uh, you know, if something happens there, you know, if you if you you could pair Tim Hardaway Jr. with uh, you know Reggie Bullock and you know, potentially get, like, Kyle Lowry, for example. Uh, uh, Our guy Fish, he wrote about that uh, possibility the the other day on DallasBasketball.com, and, um, you know, that would be a possibility. I'm not quite sure that Miami is to the point – I mean, they're going to make some changes for sure, I think, but I don't know if they're to the point of, you know, trading the guy that they signed in free agency – uh, you know less than two years ago yet but you know we, we know the Mavs came second in the in the free agency sweepstakes to uh to Kyle Lowry which is usually the case when <laughs> Mavs are free agency but uh hold on my dryer has to get that out of its system real quick okay <laughs> um and then you know the other option that makes sense financially but probably doesn't make a lot of sense you know practically for the Mavs or contractually is Duncan Robinson because you know he in my opinion he moves better off ball than Tim Hardaway Jr. does I could see him meshing really well um you know with Luca and how they like to play offense uh but that contract is brutal and I'm pretty sure he's on contract through like 2026 if I'm not mistaken it might be 2025 but still uh making about the same per year as Hardaway, but it's just a lot longer contract and it's not descending like Hardaway's is. If something like that was in play, I mean, I would have to think that the Mavs would, you know, have to demand a first-round pick in return. I mean, is that fair of me to say? (laughs) Yeah, I
1: think uh, Duncan Robinson's production has deteriorated, like, so significantly. I think he's averaging under, like, seven points per game uh if i uh like i didn't check before like last night's game so if it changed but uh you know i would know but uh yeah i think he's averaging below that and that's like you know when you know his defensive limitations his three-point percentage has declined because you know his teams aren't going to leave him open um but also like he's not succeeding as much like with the dribble handoffs playing uh less uh next to bam at a bio and you know, I think like you, you just have to get compensated with that type of contract and his production decline. Because um, you know, for as for as, uh, you know, much talk about Tim Hardaway's contract as there is, um, his production is substantially higher at this point um, uh, than uh, Duncan's. I, I, so I would definitely think that there should be compensation there, especially with one one less year if I if I'm not mistaken on the on the contract.
3: That's the thing too. It's like Tim Hardaway Jr. might be inconsistent at times, but his volume is so high. Like it just—he's so important to the Mavs, and that's that's the thing that I think they're trying to get away from. I think they don't like how dependent they are on on Hardaway Jr. Uh, now, you don't fix that with just one trade. Uh, you know, trading him away, but. You you have to eventually get away from it somehow, and I don't think I don't think the Mavs can ever get to that point to where they're not reliant on a guy of his you know level uh, with him making as much money as he does. So you know we'll see what happens. I I think uh, you know if if something like that happened, if they did a, a smaller trade first and uh, got an extra first round pick, then all of a sudden you might have a package to do something a little bit bigger. Uh, before the trade deadline because uh as much as we talk about pick flexibility opening up in the in the coming summer uh if you add some extra uh, an extra pick or two you know before you get to the trade deadline then maybe that changes so you know we'll we'll see how it goes the trade deadline's a crazy time of year uh you guys need to stay tuned to dallasbasketball.com because we have a ton of Uh, of good stuff coming we've already we've already kind of blown the doors open with the trade stuff and there's more stuff coming and then obviously grant has his uh uh really good game analysis that he does and uh some exclusive work and there's more of that coming too so grant i know you've had fun with that stuff lately and uh just keep it up man it's great stuff
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Josh Green comes back soon, uh, you know, for uh, as we expect. Um, Because, yeah, I think uh, something should be uh, in the works for that, on that front for sure.
3: Well, and another thing I'm going to mention here, and we're going to hop off. I am doing – this podcast is – it just turned – let's see – It was 2019 when we started it. So it just turned four years old. Um, And, I mean, last year was by far a record year as far as, you know, people subscribing listening and whatnot. So I'm giving away a Luka Doncic Mavs City Edition jersey. Uh, It's the pinned tweet on my profile, at Dalton underscore trig. Y'all be sure to go look at that uh, and enter. It's running from now until – uh, the NBA all-star break. So uh be sure to go do that. Uh, you'll have a chance to win a very nice Luka Doncic jersey. And appreciate all you guys who come in here and listen every week and uh, our day one subscribers and and the people who have just hopped on the train. So, guys, I appreciate every one of y'all. Grant, appreciate you coming on here and joining me today. Uh, this is fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. But uh, – We will see how the Mavs do after this uh, really thrilling but probably unnecessary double overtime win. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how they do against the Trailblazers coming up this weekend. But Guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time. Y'all have a good one.